This is Takeaway Only, a podcast about the hospitality industry in crisis. I'm Howie Kahn, and these are the stories of the people who take care of you. Today's guests are Greg Backstrom and Max Katzenberg. They run Olmsted and Maison Yaki in Brooklyn and are now founders of a new advocacy group, the New York Hospitality Coalition. For Max and Greg, fighting for the survival of their own restaurants means also fighting for their community. Hear how they turn their focus from cooking and restaurant operations to organizing, rallying, and lobbying for New York City's 25,000 hospitality businesses and 250,000 hospitality workers in just a matter of days. Max and Greg have met the moment. They are pressing to save all the jobs. We will be back on Monday with an all-new guest. Please hit subscribe so you don't miss it. Stay tuned now for Greg and Max. How have you guys been coping? What are you doing? What what action are you taking? So last week we had to lay, well, the beginning of this week on Sunday, we had to lay off our 60 plus employees, some of whom have been with us since the beginning. That's Greg Backstrom. And now we're faced with all these unknown uh, problems and situations. And, you know, we're trying to reach, uh, we're trying to band together. You know, it, it is not something that we can we can come back from if we're all fighting for ourselves. We need to sort of align and have one united voice. Chicago did a really great job with that. Um, and so we're kind of following suit. Um, and there so that's was a period from a week ago, Friday through Tuesday, where it just felt like every 15 minutes, the entire uh, situation was changing. That's Max Katzenberg. And we were trying to keep the business on course, keep our staff on course. And uh, the thing was just moving so fast, it was like a, a whirlwind. And finally, we just decided to, to close entirely rather than do the delivery and takeout, uh, you know, for, for a stretch. Just let this thing settle in, in a way, at least as much as it will, and, and figure out exactly what we're dealing with. Um, after, I, I mean, it feels like it's been a hundred years of this already. It's, it's in reality, you're right, been a week. So how do you go from, you know, your job usually is to spread joy and, and, and make delicious things. Often you have to hunt down a, a vendor you really want. And, you know, if you've seen some beef out in the world that you want to really serve at your restaurant. Um, and, and now the challenge is different. It's trying to get to Governor Cuomo's office. And, and all of a sudden, you're, you're having to learn to be advocates and, and lobbyists and community organizers. What's the learning curve like on that? And, and what have you learned in the last week? Well, fortunately, this is sort of uh, Max is really great at this kind of stuff. He's really great at uh, uh, the politics behind uh, the restaurants and, and, and the city and the governor's office and stuff. So He's been really leading the charge with this uh, coalition that we formed. Tell me about the coalition. What's it called? New York Hospitality Coalition. Uh, and our goal is to create a groundswell of operators, our workforce, uh, our managers, and our guests. Uh, you know, New York City employs 250,000 hospitality workers and 
our goal is to protect as many of those jobs as possible. You know, we are asking ourselves how many of those jobs will still be there at the end of this. Will there be 225,000, 200,000, 150,000? Uh, and, and our goal is to unify our workforce and our operators and our supporters uh, to protect those jobs and do our best, do everything we can to prevent uh, a depression. You know, we're asking ourselves now, is this recession or depression? And it feels like extremely, extremely urgent, extremely, extremely time sensitive. And, you know, our industry has been in alignment, but it hasn't been a, the feeling of a true community in the sense that there's a free-flowing exchange of ideas amongst operators, amongst managers, amongst workers. Uh, and the time, we have to take the opportunity now to do that. Everyone is focused on the same thing, you know, defeating this crisis, overcoming this crisis, and making sure that our government provides disaster relief uh, includes us in the stimulus packages at a federal, state, and local level. And, uh, you know, the hospitality industry, a, the, this our vibrant hospitality industry is what makes New York City, New York City. It's what makes it the best city in the world. And we cannot allow our representatives in Congress, uh, our governor, to provide relief just to big business and have all the small guys, you know, just sort of figure it out. Uh, we, we cannot allow 2008 to happen again, and uh, everyone is motivated, extremely motivated, to participate, and that's, that's what we're trying to do. Who has joined your coalition? Who's, who are you guys working with? Who are you talking to regularly? Uh, we're talking to so many people. You know, we yeah. have contacts in the governor's office. We have state assembly contacts. We have other local politicians. Uh, we have... Uh, you know, it's just been since Thursday that was that this was formalized. So besides all of Greg and my former co-workers and, you know, personal friends within the industry who we're talking to, we have over 150 operators. We're almost at a thousand uh, uh, members, so to speak, uh, you know, just through our Instagram page. You know, we have the link in our bio to sign up. And, you know, we want to tap into as many of these 250,000 workers as possible, as many of these operators as possible, and really target in on specific impactful actions. Uh, you know, on Thursday, we launched with uh, an action to demand that Governor Cuomo and the State Budget Office postpone penalty and interest payments for sales tax. It's basically a, a deferment of the sales tax payment that was due on Friday. So we saw it on Thursday and on Friday. Uh, it was due, and you know we had an enormous ground swelling of. Uh, I mean, this was this was basically the state putting operators in the position of paying their tax or paying their people. Uh, but, and on Sunday night, when the governor mandated that all non-essential businesses close, all restaurants and bars close, essentially, uh, they turned off our cash flow. You know, during normal times, sales tax office would say hey, you should have collected that by February 28th and put it in a savings account. And, you know, up until the 11th hour, that's what they were still saying. So we came out loud uh, with dozens and dozens of operators and hundreds and thousands of supporters. And we uh, did a social media blitz. We were uh, bombarding the governor's office and other local politicians. But we were also communicating directly with the governor's office 
uh, and others in the in in the New York politics. And during his press conference at 11 a.m. on Friday, he decided to do that. So that was, you know, an enormous victory for not only the operators of the small businesses of New York State, but for the workers. The last thing that we wanted was to see, you know, last week all of the lists were who's going delivery and takeout, who's going on uh, temporary closure, and we did not want this week's lists to be who's bouncing payroll checks and uh, you know, the following week to be who's permanently closing. I mean, that would have just been an absolute nightmare. And so many of these businesses are the restaurant industry, the hospitality industry. It's such a low margin business. Uh, you cannot survive bad PR like that, even in a crisis situation like that. They are these businesses are so fragile, you know, to have uh, that much negative press, not to mention the effect on our actual people. You know, but it was just such a double-edged sword. They had to do it. They did it. We were so happy with that. And now we turn our attention onto you know equally or greater uh, actions and and uh, disaster relief that we need. That's amazing that you were able to have a a victory of any kind this week. I mean, for context for our listeners. Uh, the day the property tax was due was Friday, which was yesterday. We're speaking on Saturday. You started this campaign Thursday, so well, there's others out there too. I mean, I don't, sure. I don't think we could totally take credit for that. No, not not at all. But just just the the fact that a result was achieved. Something's working. You know, yeah. somebody's yeah. listening out there. You I know, mean, and it's in the it's number about, focus, the number one focus, of course, of the government has to be the health and safety of the people, and. Uh, that's why the restaurants and bars were closed. It makes complete sense why that they did that. Uh, but what was a little bit of lost was the immediate effect. You know, we were hearing from the governor, governor's office that they didn't even totally realize what they were doing as far as causing the mass layoff. And they hadn't, you know, they didn't have, they don't have that operating experience to realize, okay, but sales tax is four days away and payroll is paid on Friday for the week before, so that they didn't realize the crunch exactly that they were putting our people and our operators under. And, you know, as but the, the fact that they were open to listening to us and making that change, and it's not just us, you know, it's, it's absolutely uh, other organizations, other people, you know, it, I, like I said, everyone is motivated right now within the industry and out of the industry uh, to make sure that as much uh, relief and, and, and protection is is spread around to not only the hospitality industry but to everything. But just to see that happening so fast, it was remarkable. It was remarkable. It really was. And we hope to be able to reproduce that a, a lot. What's Max? What's your what's your background? It seems like Olmsted and Mezanyaki has a has a political ringer in the midst. Right. He gets to flex a little bit. Uh, <laughs> you know, Greg and I met about ten years ago, more or less. At Blue Hillstone Barnes, he was the chef de cuisine, 24 years old. You know, Dan Barber made Greg the chef de cuisine of Blue Hillstone Barnes, in my opinion, the best restaurant in the world. Um, and I was a 22-year-old at the time, punk busboy, essentially. <laughs> uh, but we worked together for quite some time, made a relationship, and... You know, over the years, we kind of went sort of our separate ways after Blue Hill, where Greg was 
consulting on some of the most important and amazing restaurant openings in the world. And I uh, went on to work at Teresi Italian Specialties for a short stretch, and then I was managing. Uh, I started going on the management track with lesser known restaurants in in the village in Manhattan. Um, you know, but Greg and I always kept very close touch. And uh, you know, when he called me about Olmstead, it was like this is this is the moment. This is this is exciting. So uh, so yeah, I'm a New Yorker. You know, I grew up in Westchester. My father's from Midwood, Brooklyn, um, and that's 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 pretty much it. I'm downright, I'm downright impressed, man. I mean, that's, that's no political background. You you know, you're not telling me like, oh yeah, I went to law school after Blue Hill Stone Barns and worked in the government for, um, No, you know what it is, is that he worked in these, you know, you know, what, what really attracted me to, to Max, other than he's just a great human, is that, uh, you know, when I was getting ready to open up, when I was, had the opportunity to finally have my first restaurant, you know, looking at all these, uh, really great, talented front of the house managers at all these amazing restaurants that I've worked at were were really appealing. But when it, when push came to shove, like I needed someone in the trenches with me, not someone that was, you know, solely romanticizing service. You know, I needed someone to be able to call the trash company if the trash didn't get picked up, and uh, to just like be the person that you know my strengths are max's weaknesses and vice versa i mean we're we're a great little micro team yeah my and, service uh, experience was very fine dining and i had incredible mentors in in service and my management experience was the opposite i mean i i managed businesses with no net and that's what our businesses are we don't have a billionaire or a millionaire behind you know and every time there's a cash flow glitch you just text and a text and a wire hits I mean, I've never managed a business like that. And uh, that's the perspective that, you know, this coalition has. You know, we are here for the businesses that uh, have no net. You know, the yeah, government. Don't feel represented, need help. The government has to provide disaster relief to our businesses, and they won't do it on their own accord. They will not do it. You know, we have to come together, be extremely loud, organized, and specific with what we need. And if we do that, I think we'll we'll make it through this. Uh, well, uh, I wouldn't say with flying colors, but you know, we'll make it through this. And and what we'll have at the end of it uh, is as many of those two hundred fifty thousand jobs as possible. Hopefully, every single one of them. Uh, but we'll also have a community. You know, the hospitality industry. It's more of an alliance than it is uh, really uh, in the fact that everyone's doing their own thing and we all sort of cooperate together when it's convenient you know, for ourselves. But there's not a whole lot of behind the scenes, unity, communication, organization, uh, especially by the operators. And I, I mean, that's a little bit of a you know, symptom of capitalism. And you know, these businesses are small, you know, they take you know, 50, 60, 70, 80 hours uh, to run a week. And there's not always a lot of time to uh, to unify uh, during regular operation. Now everyone's got a, a pause moment here. Uh, everyone is bleeding fiscally. We're all in the same exact boat. M many of us, I should say, are in the same exact boat. And uh, it feels like the time is now to to unify our industry. Can you 
talk to me about how you guys are continuing to manage and be in touch with your your laid off staff. I mean, even even though they're not working with you guys right now, I would imagine you're in touch. You're hearing their their stories, their needs. Can you tell me what's going on with them? Hundred percent. I mean, uh, we're texting and calling with a good percentage of the staff all you know every day. We have almost daily emails going out, just talking about what's happening. Uh, you know, Friday was the payroll, so there was a lot of communication going back and forth with that. We started a GoFundMe page uh, early in the week, uh, maybe Wednesday. So that's yeah, in the middle of the week, rather. Uh, just a, disa- a staff disaster relief fund, essentially, that we sent to our newsletter and we posted on our social channels. And, uh, you know, every dollar of that will go to our staff. So we are really, really excited in the early part of the week to start uh, additionally fiscally supporting the staff through that fund. Uh, you know, unemployment, the, the workforce needs major relief, major, major, major relief. I mean, this is the most expensive city in the world to live, or one of them. Uh, we have people that make $150,000 a year in the city that live paycheck to paycheck. You know, we have staff members that uh, make 80,000 a year or 70,000 or uh, really healthy salaries just as a sticker price that live paycheck to paycheck. All of them are laid off. 250,000 people essentially are laid off. They're all going on to unemployment. Unemployment is sub minimum wage. The max benefit for unemployment is $504. And let's not even talk about our, well, let's actually talk about our cooks you know, minimum wage is 15 an hour now. Many cooks, uh, you know, work about 50 hours in the industry. That's kind of a semi-standard. So they have, you know, 40 regular hours plus 10 overtime hours. Uh, you know, our dishwashers, our porters, you know, our prep people who work 40 hours at 15, 16, $70 an hour, they're not going to get the $504. They're going to get less than that. Um, and we were really happy to see the governor and the mayor announced that you know evictions for renters were suspended for the 90 days this week. But this is going to come down to there needs to be much more. I mean, personal debt payments have to be considered, credit, food, you know, power, other things. Well, the utilities actually cannot shut off during this period as well. But there's just there's just so much. I mean, uh, for these hospitality professionals that were laid off, the unemployment insurance, it has to be doubled. We have to motivate them to, to increase it. The $1,000 every, you know, once in three weeks and once six weeks later from the Fed, it's not nothing, but it's not going to make up the difference. And uh, we need to be ready to be in this for the long haul. And we need this to be considered a true disaster. And we need the, the government to come to the table in a major, major way. Uh, with disaster relief for our people. Do you think that in the long term, this disaster may set the restaurant industry on a better course? Well, that's a very interesting question. You know, I don't know if I could make a broad generalization exactly. What I can hope for is that what restaurant, what the restaurant industry never has is the time to sit back, reflect, and organize and really analyze with any semblance of an actual proper amount of time what's happening. And we're all going to have that now. We have that. We're going to be forced to have it. Uh, so what I hope is 
there will be an opportunity here to bring our industry together and create a real industry community. Uh, you know, we have so many things that are facing our industry and our operators. Uh, tipping is a big one. Labor is a different one. But there are just so many things that we all go through the same exact experience uh, in different ways as a worker, as an operator, as a manager, as a guest. But the fact that there's just zero continuity amongst us, when we all relatively know each other or are one step removed, it's a very, even though we're 250,000 plus it still is a very, very small industry. You can ask anyone in the industry and they'll say that. Uh, you know, I hope that that we will, you know, through the forming a coalition and through other things. I mean, we just had a fantastic video conference today uh, about insurance and how our insurance carriers are failing us in this moment. And, uh, you know, the thing that came out of from one of the main things that came out of that conversation for me is like, look at all these operators, you know, uh, on this video conference right now, almost 50 operators with the, one of the best insurance attorneys in the city, in the country even, uh, on this chat. And, you know, this information that we're getting right now, all the same page, this is something that we're going to be able to not only use to get us through this crisis and get the money that we uh, need and have been paying for in through technicalities they are claiming that we're not eligible through our carriers but it's something that we're going to be able to band together and permanently affect our policies in the future it is just by connecting these resources and communicating together it's an incredible thing and it's not just going to be with insurance it's going to be in all departments and every day that uh we continue to grow in our numbers communicate and create actions and organize on them and execute them uh you know the better opportunities we're going to have to improve our individual businesses and our industry as a whole as the whole uh max how can our listeners uh support where can they find you instagram is our main me uh, megaphone right now we are at nyhosp coalition at nyhosp coalition uh follow us repost our posts our link in the bio is our subscription form um, you know, we take these contacts from the subscription form and we send out when we're doing actions, we send out very, very organized content verbiage to post, you know, for all of our actions, they're all, uh, organized through the email subscription. And, you know, it is not just for people in the industry. It is for our guests, for our supporters of the industry. If you love restaurants, if you love bars, if you have a favorite place, you need to be a member of this coalition. Uh, you know, we need to come through this uh, as one. It's not going to happen if we splinter and it's not going to happen if we do nothing. Greg, this show is called uh, Takeaway Only. What is your takeaway from the last week? Um, what do you know now that you didn't before? I would say that how resilient the industry is, but I guess we kind of already knew that. It's... Uh... You know, it's really, really nice to see who is who, you know, it's not just the celebrities and and the people that you would uh, suspect kind of getting together. It's it's really great to see these and to hear and read these conversations with uh, people that sign up for the coalition and uh, just other small restaurants and chefs, chef friends of mine, you know, how active they want to be, how, you know, how supportive they are. Uh, by their communities, by their chefs, by their uh, guests. It's powerful stuff. 
Guys, thank you so much for taking time out of your Saturday afternoon. Um, Saturday Saturday is a work day. I know you guys are organizing. I know you're getting people together. I know you're on calls, lobbying, uh, raising awareness. So thank you for taking the time to do the show. And thank you for your work. Thank, thank you, you so much for having us. Bye, guys. That was Greg Backstrom and Max Katzenberg. You can follow their activism on Instagram at NY Hospitality Coalition. We will be back Monday with Westbourne's Camilla Marcus. Thank you so much for listening. Takeaway Only is produced by Casey Kahn, Rob Corso, and me, Howie Kahn, for Freetime Media. Our logo was created by Reynald Philippe at Beepoles. Music by John Palmer. Special thanks to Kristen Millar, Antoine Ricardu, Raphael Weil, and Will Gadara, Brian Canlis, Anthony Rudolph, and Aaron Ginsberg at Welcome. Check out their important community building work at welcomeconference.org. We're back Monday. This is Takeaway Only.